when the areas are colored in in our design, those are the things that are operating in a more kind of consistent way where we're getting our energy from. Mm-hmm. The areas that are open, so you have an open sacral center. So the shadow of that is the overzealousness. Those are the areas where we are the most vulnerable to kind of taking in the energy from others. And those are the areas where we can get the most taken off track. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna. Transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I hope those of you that celebrate Christmas had an amazing and loving Christmas yesterday. And I think Hanukkah just started as well. So happy Hanukkah. And I apologize because I don't know when Kwanzaa started. I should probably learn up on that a little bit more. But nevertheless, I hope everyone listening to this has so much love in their life right now. And If you're not feeling it from those around you, let me just send you some of those loving vibes through my microphone. I'm literally like wiggling my fingers, giving you guys some distance Reiki right now to give you a little bit more love in your life. As we are closing out December, holy shit, you guys. Okay, so the last two episodes of 2019, oh my God, of the decade, are all about entrepreneurship and really applying tools that are really practical for you guys to step into 2020 feeling confident and empowered in building a business, a brand, and a mission of your dreams that really allows you to fully step into your voice. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this today's episode and next week's episode. They are some of my recent favorites that I've recorded and I know that you guys are going to love them. Today specifically, Erin Claire Jones is coming on the pod and she is a human design reader and leadership coach. I'm going to be honest, she's a projector, so and I'm a projector too. Duh. So I was a little selfish in asking her questions, but don't worry, everyone else, I covered you as well, but I really wanted to just get to the nitty gritty of how we can utilize human design in our careers to really enhance our careers, whether we work for someone else or have our own business and use it as a way to amplify everything rather than hold us back. And I just felt by the end of this conversation so clear on what will support me as a projector and how to protect my energy, how to replenish my energy. And for those of you that are not projectors, I asked for all of the different types. So don't you worry, you will be covered as well. Don't fret your little heart. Anywho, it's going to be a great episode. Again, we're talking all about human design for your career with Erin Claire Jones. Her Instagram is at Erin Claire Jones. You guys should definitely go follow her there. She is wonderful. And this interview is wonderful. So as you guys know, my VIP immersion is coming up in January. The link is in the show notes. I've been talking about it a lot because I'm just really, really excited about it. 2020 is my year of scaling back, but adding like a punch and an oomph and some chutzpah 
to what I am doing. And so this VIP immersion, January 25th through the 26th at the Hotel California, yep, is the first opportunity to work with me in an environment that is really created to help you thrive in all senses of the word. So we're going to do three different workshops throughout the weekend. It's really focused female entrepreneurs and women that are looking to create transition and transformation in their lives and be supported not only by myself, but by a badass group of women throughout the weekend. And what we're doing is creating a really receptive and feminine environment. So you can set the stage for 2020 to be the most abundant year yet in every area of your life. It's going to be so much fun, you guys. And I've kind of talked a lot about it and all of the details. So if you've heard me talk about it a lot. And every time you hear me talk about it, you're saying, yes, 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 I want to do this. Or even a maybe I want to do this. I encourage you to just DM me and ask me any questions that you have so we can talk about it and we can get you there because I would love nothing more than to support you in awakening your dreams and working with the universe and divine and your intuition to bring you everything that you desire, everything that you think of when you close your eyes and meditate or when you hit the pen to paper and journal, you deserve to have it all. That is why you see the things that you do, why you daydream about the things that you do, because it is yours. And this weekend is an opportunity to claim it as yours. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. So again, link is in the show notes. All of the details about today's episode are in the show notes as well. Again, if you feel inspired, take a moment, leave a five-star review, a written review. It helps so much to get this podcast out to even more people that need messages like Aaron's or my own. And also just reading through the reviews that have been left it just reminds me how alike we all are. And it really normalizes a lot of the different things that we all go through as individuals. And so you sharing what resonates with you, you sharing your own message, your own story, what's impacted you, creates space for other people to not feel so alone. So your reviews truly do help on so many different levels. I appreciate them from the very bottom of my heart. They mean the world to me. And so if you have yet to leave a review, it would mean the world to me. And I just want to thank you all so much. We only have two more episodes left in this decade. Holy shit. And I'm just honored to have you here for the ride. I'm honored to have you here in 2020 as well. It's going to be a friggin' fun year, you guys. I cannot wait. All right. I'm talking too much. Let's jump into today's episode with Erin Claire Jones. Claire Jones, human design guide and leadership coach. Welcome to the podcast. I am Thank so you. excited. We are, this is the projector show on the couch. <laughs> so good. I'm really excited Natural to place. talk with you though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm really looking forward to just picking your brain and diving into human design mm -hmm. even further as we were talking about before. You know, I kind of have that foundational understanding as do I think a lot of listeners, but to really yeah be able to utilize this information in a way that allows us to really step into our own, mm -hmm. I think is so powerful and so mm -hmm. empowering because we're constantly searching for ways to just understand ourselves better. Totally. 
Yes. And human design, I think, and I've said this so many times, but I think more than anything, it just like gives us permission to be what we already are. Mm, You know, I think like people get scared. It's like not information we don't know. It's stuff people intuitively know, but like haven't really allowed themselves to step into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I'm kind of curious about is, is our world almost conditioned in a way to be more conducive for one sign? So I think that like in terms of like human design types. Yeah. So I think that the majority of the population are generators and manifesting generators. So that's like 70% of the population. So I think like most of us are operating as if we are generators or trying to be generators. Yeah. And so I think that like it's just because it's the majority and like a lot of the people that are here are like have the energy to kind of build and create and do things. And yeah. so I think that for the types that are not that, for the manifestors and the reflectors and the projectors, like it often takes a lot of deconditioning and just like kind of retraining to kind of come back to operating in a way that is different yeah, and like giving us, giving ourselves permission to actually do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to jump into that specifically as we were talking about, you know, as yeah. it goes for people that are either entrepreneurs or in a place of corporate uneasiness, really mm-hmm. looking to pivot potentially. But I'd love to just hear your story. I know that we both come from startup culture. So mm-hmm. what was the final straw that allowed you to step away from that space and move into human design? Yeah. So um, I was always super interested in entrepreneurship. I like wrote my thesis on it in college and was in the like world of startups and I loved it. But I also think that I was just like in these cultures that felt very dysfunctional and like people just like didn't really understand each other. They didn't know how to work together. I always ended up in positions where I was just like working with people mm-hmm. and trying to understand people. And I think that I got a little bit frustrated in that environment. And I think also simultaneously, I've always been exploring kind of different modalities on the side, but I just didn't know how to integrate the two. It Mm -hmm. felt like I was like at work in my corporate-ish job and then like doing Reiki trainings on the weekends and Kudalini trainings on the weekends. And I think when I was introduced to human design, it just like made sense in a way that no other system had. Mm -hmm. And it was like so practical and so grounded that I knew that it could not only help transform the people that were already super into this stuff, but also kind of the people in the corporate settings and in the startup world that like might not be open to this stuff, but human design is so... I, I can't say it's a logical system, but I think it's the language is so grounded that it would actually make sense to them too. Yeah. And so I think that like, I was just kind of immediately all in, like it's been like a rocky little, you know, journey of course. But I think that like, it just hit me in a way that no other system had because mm-hmm. I just could see it as a bridge in a way that I like, I just like wasn't able to with other systems personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of what attracted me. And so, um, and when I discovered human design, I was kind of in a transitional period of consulting for a bunch of startups. And so it was a very easy transition. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because I imagine doing like Kundalini trainings or Reiki mm-hmm. trainings, put you in this like really hypersensitive space mm-hmm. to then be in a startup culture where totally. personalities are different, where you're working longer days where you're expected to like be grinding and hustling because that's just the environment that you're in to then, you know, be in this like gentle state and be like, what is going on? How are people working like this? And then to find human design and be like, Oh my God. That's why I have a projector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was honestly very lucky. I was always in startup cultures where I was like one, one, like the only woman, but two, mm-hmm. like a lot younger, but I did feel very recognized. Like they all thought I was like totally weird in a wonderful way. Yeah. So I felt like I was able to like bring my tarot cards to work and like do my thing. And they just thought it was like strange, you know, Yeah. but I do, it was a lot. You know, and I think going to an office every day was really hard for me. And like, I just like couldn't work the hours that they wanted me to. So yes, I think when I discovered human design, I was like, oh my God, I've spent like so much of my life trying to be a super generator. Like, is there actually another way? Mm, Interesting. So I'm curious because I think that 
at least I've experienced with some people, like my old roommate, she would turn on, turn to astrology and be like, sorry, well, I'm just a Libra. So Mm. like, I can't. So how do we also like take ownership with human design and like show up in our fullest without being like, oh, I'm just a projector. I can't do that. It's such a good question. I mean, and it's kind of um, related to what we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. which I'll bring up. But I think that whenever you kind of use it as an excuse or like an avoidance, I think it's just like, and people know when they're doing it. It's like, I can't do this because I'm this, you know? And like you mentioned earlier, me reaching out to you and like, I was talking to my business partner a few months ago and like, I had never done any any outreach for podcasts. And he was like, you really should start reaching out to podcasts. Like it's so powerful for you. And it's so fun to talk to people. And I was just like, I can't, I'm a projector. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, you're just scared of like being rejected. And I think that like, and, and people not saying yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in a case like that, like I was sharing earlier, I was sitting back, I was like, I'm just scared. And like, I'm just like creating an excuse to not do it. And like my work as a projector is to make myself visible and available. And there's ways to do that in outreach that isn't actually pushy for people. Yeah. And so I think that like, honestly, when people sit back, you can kind of like see when they're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. like, I definitely like human design is not here to like give you excuses yeah. to not do the things as a projector be like, I'm not going to work. You know, it's more like, oh, I actually want to find ways to be more valuable with my energy and just mm-hmm. kind of like leverage the energy that I have. Yeah. So I think I would just always caution people to like kind of not put yourself in a box or like make excuses, but use your design in a very empowering way that kind of allows you to like step into your potential and not one that just like separates you more from people. Yeah. I think that that's a great thing for people to like focus on and specifically like the checking in period with yourself too, of checking in, like, am I using this as a excuse or am I really actually like in this like scarcity or like fear mentality of if I put myself out there in this way that it's going to manifest something that I don't want. So where does energy fit in? Because I think that that's like a really important part of it is like you are sharing and opening yourself up to be an embodied energy of what it is that you offer to me when you reached out on the podcast, when you did other reach reach out and just any other things that are maybe not potentially like waiting for the invitation, mm-hmm. but more just an embodiment. Mm-hmm. Um, what Where does energy fit in with that for all of the different signs mm-hmm. um, or all the different types to really embody the energy of their sign mm-hmm. with the, or their type? I keep saying yes. sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without, right, yeah. <laughs> without really, I guess, finding like a dissonance in their Mm -hmm. field of like Mm -hmm. the disconnect of energy. We were talking about this a little bit before where it's Mm -hmm. not so much action, but it's actually the energy behind it. Does that make sense? Totally. So I think that like the energy, and again, like we were mentioning as projectors, projectors are like the most diverse of types. And like, I actually am like an energy projector. So I've actually got like a lot of energy. Um, But I think that like just to speak to the projector piece and I'll speak to all the types. But I think that like when I first discovered that the strategy for projectors is basically waiting to be invited in and recognized, it felt like far too passive for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm building a business, if I'm an entrepreneur, like how do I do that? And so like for me, my intention is always to make myself visible and available. So generally it's not about like, like just pushing into people and be like, I want to work for this company and do this thing. It's like, how can I make myself visible? Most like often that's just through like newsletters and Instagram and giving Mm, talks, you know? And like now experimenting with like reaching out and be like, I'm available for this, you know? Like, and even just a chat, not even to kind of like do this thing. So I think as long as that is my intention, it feels like really an integrity for me. I think that in general for generators and manifesting generators, like they're here to like do what they love and just like use their energy in ways that feel like really good. And it might not be a hundred percent immediately, but it's just like funneling more and more energy into the things they enjoy. So like to be in integrity with their design is to kind of just like honor the things that they naturally have the energy for and like release the things that they don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I think to be in integrity with energy for manifestors, it's like, 
their energy often operates in spurts, a little bit like projectors yeah. does, where it's like they really might have the energy to like kind of do something and bring something to life. And then they like might really need to rest. And so it's kind of like, again, honoring that like really powerful, impactful energy when it's there and also like letting go when it's not, not kind of pushing themselves to like through their tiredness to right. try to get things done. And I think reflectors, they're such a unique type. You know, they're 1% of the population. I think that like the magic of reflectors is that like their identity and energy is mutating and shifting all the time. They're going to have periods of the month where they feel like they can lever- leverage the energy of a manifesting generator, of a projector, of a manifest or a generator. And so like, I think to be in integrity there for reflectors is to one, be in spaces that feel good to them, but also, and they also need to kind of wait for the invitation but also to just honor whatever energy they have that day Mm. and like not try to be anything they're not. Often a lot of reflectors, there are people that are like, I am like, I had so much energy for a week. I got everything done and then I couldn't get out of bed the next week, you know? And so I think for so many of us, like, especially for the manifestors and the projectors and the reflectors, it's kind of honoring a more inconsistent energy flow. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. So for someone who is out of integrity Mm. with, their type. What does that look like usually? Like when you're working um, with different, like high level, like C level people or leaders, and they're out of integrity, what is usually like manifesting in their life? You know, I think there's just like a lot of conditioning about how we should be operating. I think that like one thing I'd say about human design is that like especially working in a corporate setting is that like, I'm never trying to convince people of something. So yeah. they're a projector and they're like, I've spent my whole life initiating. I'm like, and I was like, and how does it work for you? How does it feel? And sometimes they're like, it feels great. You know? And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. like, I'm not going to tell you to operate in a different way, but like most often what human design does is it helps us operate in a way that just feels better. Mm-hmm. And so like, just because we're projectors doesn't mean that we can't operate like manifestors or generators, but often we're like not good at it. We won't have as much success and we're going to burn out. Yeah. And so I think that there's like a, a often a bit of denial around like, this is the way that I should be operating and just like not kind of allowing people to kind of find a more natural flow. Mm. But I think that like my experience with people is like, it takes time sometimes, like especially if they're resistant initially, but they often are like, oh yeah, it actually does feel better this way. So I think there are a lot of reasons they could be operating out of integrity. I think there's a lot of conditioning about like who we think we should be. Mm, and it yeah. can be sometimes with human design, they're like, oh, I don't want to be a projector or a gen, whatever, all the times, you know what I mean? And so I think to kind of just own who we are is really important and can take time. And also like, you know, it might not resonate with some people and that's okay too. Yeah. It's interesting because I was having a conversation with a girlfriend earlier and we were talking about, you know, we can, going back to the action thing, like we can muscle through these things, but wouldn't it be great if we can take the path of least resistance? Exactly. And that kind of sounds like what it means to shift into honoring your human design type. 100%. And like, and what I was mentioning earlier is that projectors like often end up as like super generators. You know, you and I both have like a lot of centers defined in human design. And like, there's a lot, there is actually a lot of energy. You're an energy projector too. But I think that like, it's just like, even though we can do it, like it just doesn't feel good. It's like not us being in our magic lane at all. And it burns us out incredibly quickly. Yeah. And so I think like as projectors, it's knowing that our energy is like pretty finite and super precious and it offers, it operates best when we're like in more of a guidance position Mm -hmm. and kind of guiding the energy rather than actually like doing and executing. Interesting. So looking at like someone who is maybe in a management role or is in some way um, responsible for a collective or a group um, as a projector, is that a ideal position to be in? Is it Mm -hmm. the taking the lead and guiding everyone or is it more uh, molding the energy that is in the room? Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. I think it can be both. Okay. I think that like, and not all projectors like to be managers, you right. know, like I, I hate managing. I know. Like I love it. 
Um, and, but I think that often projectors are going to do better kind of leading from the outside and kind of coming in and offering their guidance, working Mm -hmm. with people one-on-one, stepping up rather than kind of being in the environment all day, every day. Okay. You know, maybe it is like facilitating a conversation. Maybe it's kind of guiding a team. Um, but I think that like when I've had, when I've worked with projectors before, it's just like you often want to hone them in kind of a position of leadership Mm -hmm. where it's like their work is not in all the doing, but it's more like in the perspective and kind of the unique thing they bring. Yeah. And like, I've definitely been in positions where I've like been on the team and like really struggled. And like the minute I'm in a leadership position and can kind of manage a team, it's like the most easy, funnest thing for me. What do you think the struggle is from? Is it the lack of control or the being guided by someone else? For me when I'm on a team? Yeah. I just like, I think that, well, I have a lot in my design about like being in control. So that definitely is like, I have a hard time with authority sometimes in in that way, (laughs) but that might be specific to me. Um, But I think that like, just like doing all the doing, I just get like Mm -hmm. lost. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm like not, I feel like I'm like totally burnt out. I'm like working all the time. And I'm also just like, I'm not really like doing what I know that I'm best at, Mm, you know? Whereas I think that when I've been in, like I helped open a building called the Assemblage in New York a couple of years ago. And like when I, when we first started, I was like the only one doing everything. And I was just like, what am I doing? And like, I remember sitting with the founder, he's like, your value is literally in just being here. Mm. Like you embody this place. So it's like hire the people that can be on your team and you will manage them. And I was like, oh, this actually feels so much better. Yeah. I can handle this, you yeah. know? So I think that I just like, and I think it was honestly, it was a startup. It was early, but I think that it was just like, I was just not doing what I was best at. And mm. I wasn't able to kind of embody the energy of the space or kind of be in like a place where I could offer perspective or guidance or advice because I was just so tired, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that that was just like a big, light bulb for me. I was like, oh, that's actually not where I can be the most valuable. Yeah. So when we talk about zone of genius Mm -hmm. and this can go for entrepreneurs or, you know, people that have a corporate desk job too, how, is that just a projector thing to like stay in your zone of genius or can that be pretty much across the board? 100%. You know, I think that like for generators and manifesting generators, like the most important thing in the world is that they're really doing work that's deeply satisfying to them. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it might change. Yeah. You know, it's like this and then it's this. And so I think for them, and if you have generators or manifesting generators on your team to just make sure they're like lit up by what they're doing, they're deeply satisfied by what they're working on. And like, and and that's when they really have the capacity to kind of bring things to life in a very powerful way, whether it's their idea or someone else's. Like as a projector, it's just like knowing that your gift is not in the doing, but it's like in something else. Mm-hmm. And it could be different. Like for some people, it might be like being a therapist or a coach. For other people, it might yeah. be like being an artist. You know, like human design is not going to tell you like you're meant to be a dentist or a lawyer, but I think it's more about how you kind of use your energy. And as projectors, knowing that like, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but the kind of the joke and also very serious joke is that projectors are meant to work like three hours a day, Yeah, which I know is not feasible yeah. for a lot of us <laughs> immediately, you know? Um, but I think the point being is that like, again, it's like really doing your like unique thing in those three hours and spending the rest of the time just kind of resting and like cultivating your craft, mm. you know? What does that look like for you? Te- for me, teach me your ways. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm working more than three hours a yeah. day, you know? But I think that like, you know, I don't know whether you have support in your business. Are you working with anyone or is it mostly independent? I have a podcast manager and then- yes. um, yeah, The Tiffany. wonderful Tiffany. Yeah, the yes. wonderful Tiffany. Shout out to Tiff. Um, and then I have a producer that edits the episodes for me. And then I also work with um, a girl who does the graphics and helps me with social media as well yeah. in the show notes. So yes, I do have a- a lot of support with the podcast. Yes. So I think like part of what it means is like, even though as an entrepreneur, you might be doing a lot more initially than you will do in the future. I think it's just identifying like what you just recognizing yourself or like what you're the best at. Like Mm -hmm. I'm 
I made Tiffany her blueprint. So I think she's a manifesting oh, cool. generator, yeah. but I'm not totally sure she is, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, but like I've discovered as a projector, like I kind of always need a generator or a manifesting generator business partner. Mm, okay. And like, and my I husband's a manifesting generator. Amazing. Yeah. Even just being around that energy is going to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it can be too much, you know? But I think in terms of the business and the building, it can be super helpful. Yeah. And so I think that like for me, why it's always helpful is that like, for instance, my partner right now is like, he does most of the like business stuff mm-hmm. and like the tech stuff and a lot of the strategic stuff, you know? And for me, it's like, he's like, be the human design. Like that's what you do and that's what you know and that's what you're great at. And so I think allowing myself to just like sink into that and not do the other things has been so relieving for me, yeah, you know? And so I think like, not everyone can get that support immediately, but I will say like, as a projector, it's really important to kind of have the support around you to kind of help grow things and like help kind of do the things that you're like not great at. And I think that for a lot of my career, I was trying to do all the things that I wasn't good at or felt like I had to. And so being like, I love business doesn't mean I'm great at it, you know? I think it's been really helpful. So I think as a projector, you really just kind of want that support. Interesting. Um, And it sounds like you have it, you know, but I think also in bringing new ideas to life or new projects to life, kind of not doing it on your own or at least like starting and doing it on your own and then kind of handing things off when you can. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I've been struggling with lately is trying to figure out why my schedule is so busy and frenetic. Um, which is like the biggest shadow projector. Yeah. Totally yeah. Yeah. And it's, that, yeah. it's so, it's so challenging because I know that I have all this support and I'm like, if I hired someone else, I don't even know what I would have them do, but my schedule is just constantly busy. So I'm curious. Mm. Um, do you think it's all stuff that you have to be doing? No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's a lot of events or coffee dates or phone conversations. Right. And, um, I do actually coach women one-on-one. So yes. I feel right. like in my element there, yeah, but I want to be in a space where I'm able to, really hone in on like talking about these things that I work with women one-on-one and offering that free content for people too, through video creation, through the podcast and like really build upon these ways Mm -hmm. in which I can embody my craft. Exactly. But there's all these, all this noise in my schedule, you know? So it's like, again, our biggest shadow. Yeah. Like it's like the shadow, a big shadow for projectors. is just like one being super overzealous, but like packing Mm -hmm. our schedules like crazy and just like not knowing when enough is enough. Yeah. And so, I mean, it sounds like you're actually very self-aware of like, what are the things that are actually contributing (laughs) to you kind of building your thing? And what are the things that are like, fun and feel exciting when yeah. it's on your schedule, but it's probably going to just deplete you over the long run. Oh, you know? for sure. 100%. I think like for me, I just like, I literally track every week of like how many meetings that I have. And like, once I started doing it, I feel like the first week I had like, I had 11 meetings this week. And then I was like, oh gosh, the yeah. next week I was like, I had two. And so I think just like, I was like, I have my energy so finite that I've just got to be so like strategic about where I'm focusing it because I just like, it's really like, I can only put it in certain things right now. Yeah. So I think that like, I feel like you already know, Yeah. you know what I mean? But I would just like encourage you to like know that, okay, if I only have so much energy every day, like where can I direct it in a way that's actually going to support the work I want to do with like women and the coaching and the empowerment and also the things that like allow me to be a projector, Yeah. you know, and allow me to kind of rest and take things easy and like not get caught in this like frenetic energy. Yeah. of just like filling things up and it gets like and we get so buzzy like I don't know about you but like yeah when I and like I feel today I like have been <laughs> yes. on the plane all day and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited but also just like a little bit like just frenetic and yeah. I think that it's often we need a lot of time alone um I'm just and I think especially with your profile too, you kind of need time alone to just kind of like disconnect from others' energy and come back to yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I realized um, over the past couple of weeks. And sorry for everyone that's been listening to the podcast over the past couple of weeks of I've already, I've already said this, but I went up to Big Sur and um, 
being alone in nature with just my husband there and Penny, wherever she's at, um, I literally could feel my energy recharging. One, just being in nature, but also yes. being like, whoa, I was so depleted, especially living in a big city too. 100%. I feel like I had just been taking in so many people's energy and taking yeah. it in and taking it in and taking it in that I almost didn't even like feel like myself anymore. And totally. I just felt like this warped um, version of me that had been very much conditioned into wanting to fill my schedule, wanting to do these things that weren't really in alignment with this bigger vision and this bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you say for like, sh the, for projectors, the shadow is that overzealousness mm -hmm. and the packing of the schedule. Mm -hmm. What about for the other types? Mm -hmm. What are, And what, when we talk about shadow, there's obviously a lot of ways people refer to the shadow. Yes. So when we're talking about it here, what are you meaning? So in general, I think when you think about the shadows for every type, there are areas, we call them not self, which is actually not what I'm referencing here, but those are basically just signals that you're off track. Um, but also the what I was mentioning there was an open center. So in human design, there are nine different energy centers and each kind of represents a different function in our body, a function in our lives. And so when the areas are colored in in our design, those are the things that are operating in a more kind of consistent way where we're getting our energy from. Mm -hmm. The areas that are open, so you have an open sacral center. So the shadow of that is the overzealousness. Those are the areas where where we are the most vulnerable to kind of taking in the energy from others. And those are the areas where we can get the most taken off track. <laughs> and so it makes sense. Yeah. I just worked with one of my intuitive coaches last week and she's like, your sacral center is like really off. You need to be doing Reiki for yourself. So. 100%. <laughs> Same with me. That's where I like, I'll always get the most tripped up, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and it's just because like, that's where you're taking in a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, and know? that's like a space of like birthing too. Of Fertility. Ideas yeah, exactly. And creativity. And so to be a creative and to have that be out of whack, mm -hmm. of course my energy's screwed up right now. <laughs> totally. And it's like something, and that's again why you kind of need energy away. I don't know if you've like come apart, come on upon this part of human design, but there's this whole conversation around sleeping in separate bedrooms. Mm, yeah. And so like, again, part of it is like, and especially with a partner that's a manifesting yeah. generator, yeah. like I get it, my partner's a generator, but like, I think that the idea is that it's easier to kind of wake up as ourselves mm, when mm -hmm. we're just sleeping at our own energy. Similar yeah. to what you're saying, when you're like in the city and you like lose a sense of self, yeah. it's not only by kind of being alone that you kind of like and let go of the stuff that's not yeah. yours. So just like something to play with. Yeah, you, no, I mean, I know that I sleep so much better when I sleep in a bed by myself. Yes. I definitely, I remember the first time that I heard about that. I was like, oh, interesting. Got to get Corey down with sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> pick fights at night. <laughs> yeah, it. And there's, again, and it's not always financially feasible. I yeah. totally get that. But I think that there's like, there is a lot of conditioning that I mean, it's like something's wrong with the relationship. Right. But like, I really think it makes relationships so much more sustainable. Yeah. And especially for projectors, just kind of being in your own space. Yeah. If you've been following me on Instagram, checking my stories nightly, then you know I've been ending every night with Beam CBD's Dream Blend. Oh my God, you guys. It is too good to not share with you. Seriously, stop what you're doing. Well, keep listening to me. And go order Beam's Dream Blend with nano CBD powder, L-theanine, magnesium, melatonin, and cacao. Okay, let's back up. You're probably wondering, what is nano CBD powder? So for CBD to have any effect, it must enter your bloodstream. Normal CBD is clunky, kind of like a basketball trying to make its way through a small space. Beam Blend CBD is a revolutionary form of CBD called nano CBD. So instead of a basketball, nano CBD is like a marble, tiny and high, highly absorbed. 
This allows you to absorb more CBD per milligram of oil or powder, making the CBD much more effective and fast acting. The final nano product happens to be extremely rare and it's what makes Beam CBD so special. It's super effective, you guys. I sleep like a damn baby and it tastes so good, like way better than hot cocoa good. I'm not kidding. It's my favorite way to end the night. And they also have their clarity blend in the morning, which replaces coffee for me on the days when I'm cutting back on caffeine. Okay. So you'll get 15% off of your order. You're welcome. Check out these blends and Beam's entire line of products by visiting beamtlc.com. And remember to use my code AVA15 for 15% off of your order. Again, that's AVA15 for 15% off of your order. Visit beamtlc.com and order the dream blend. I am not kidding, you guys. Listen to me on this. Beamtlc.com, AVA15 for 15% off of your order. Enjoy. But let me go through the other okay, types yeah. just to give you a sense. So, so I can't really generalize the centers as much for the other types because I just know that all projectors have an open sacral center. But like for generators and manifesting generators, there's not really going to be a common open center there. But I think a big shadow for them is one, a sense of frustration, which mm-hmm. is just kind of a sense of like resentment or dissatisfaction in their relationships or in their... Um, or in their work, um, maybe feeling like they're initiating and things aren't happening for them. Mm. I'll also say that generators and manifesting generators have this amazing kind of natural vitality and life force and energy. And often people can feel it. So they want to take advantage of it. So yeah. another big shadow is a tendency to kind of overcommit and say yes to all the things mm-hmm. and not having clear boundaries on what they're available for. And so like so much of being a generator and manifesting generator is like following like what gives you joy, following what gives you pleasure. Like by doing that, you're like literally lifting up the energy of everyone around you. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of conditioning around like if someone wants this, I should do this. You know, I should kind of go into someone else's flow, but it's really about like honoring exactly what feels good to them and having such clear boundaries. Mm, and so if someone is a manifesting generator and they're feeling resistance or resentment, in a part of their life, that would be a good, um, you know, acknowledgement of something being a little bit out of alignment or not being in integrity with the decisions that they're making or what they're saying yes to. Totally. And like just such an invitation to step back. Like Mm. obviously there are going to be moments of frustration, like that's normal. But like when frustration all of a sudden becomes the overwhelming feeling in like a relationship or in like a work opportunity, it's really just stepping back and being like, am I really engaging in this in a way that's aligned with my design? Mm, Like, am I allowing things to come to me, which is this like strategy for generators and manifesting generators? And like, also am I listening to my gut, you know, or whatever, their decision-making authority is. And so it is just like stepping back and be like, okay, can I engage with this in a way that's actually more aligned with my design? Yeah, cool. Um, For manifestors, they're going to have that open sacral center too. So there will be that kind of shadow of like doing too much, not knowing when enough is enough. Um, Their sign of being off track is a sense of anger, Mm -hmm. which is like their design to kind of just be in their own creative flow. And so if that's interfered with, that can be challenging or they're kind of being controlled or like managed in any way. Like they're here to kind of do things in their own way on their own terms. So again, an invitation to step back if they're feeling that angry or just like interference with their flow and being like, okay, am I letting people know what I'm doing? You know, am I really trusting my authority? Am I allowing myself to kind of really initiate things and be the ones to get things started? Another big shadow for them would be like allowing things to come to them rather than like making the first move themselves. Mm, Like they're the opposite where they're the ones that are here to make the first move. So sitting back and not being proactive. Exactly. Okay. You know, which yeah. is again, so different yeah. um, or trying to fit in, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And trying to kind of be like the people around them when they're actually meant to be like really different and powerful and just like unapologetic about who they are. So where does confidence come into all of this? Because I feel like a lot of people might be able to listen to this and be like, okay, I'm a manifester or okay, I'm a projector, but I have a lot of 
fear around really stepping into this type and just a lack of confidence around really the ownership of like, I am a manifester. I am meant to be proactive. I am not meant to be like everyone else. I'm meant to be unique. So Mm -hmm. how do you work with people, especially in teams too, to really show up and have that confidence around um, taking ownership? Yeah. I mean, the manifestor one is such a good example because I think I've worked with so many manifestors that just haven't felt permission to kind of be as powerful and strong as they are. And it's so fun working with them in teams because they're often like, I don't know. like, And then everyone around them is like, oh my God, that's you. You know what I mean? Like, like you were the most powerful and like, and so people really see it. So I always encourage them to like start initiating in very small ways. Yeah, You know, it might not be like, I'm going to go start a company or like ask this person out on a date, but it's more like, I'm going to like reach out to this friend to hang out, you know, or I'm like excited about this project. I'm just going to like take a couple first steps. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just like when you get the training wheels on and start to practice it and kind of hone that muscle and see how the world responds to you, I think that can kind of be the like permission to keep going. I also think like what's helpful about human design is that it gives you this framework to understand it. So like, for example, as a manifester, like it doesn't mean that you're not going to be rejected by initiating, you know, the idea for them is that like, they're kind of meant to be a little bit polarizing that like, they're meant to kind of just be who they are and in doing so they're going to really inspire some people and like might kind of alienate others Mm -hmm. or trigger others. And so just, again, sometimes them hearing that is like, okay. Yeah. Like my job is not to please anyone is to just like be who I am. And so, and I do think what I love about human design is that like, everyone kind of knows it. Like, again, I'm not telling them stuff where they're like, oh, this is like a totally foreign language. I've never thought about this this before. They're like, this was like how I showed up when I was five. This is like how I showed up before I was told I was supposed to operate in a different way. So yeah. So to answer your question more succinctly, I think it's like doing the much smaller things, you know, as a projector, it's like, okay, what what are people recognizing me for? Like, where are the environments that I feel the most recognized and invited in? And like, what would it feel like to just like funnel more time into those areas and see how it feels. Yeah. So what about starting projects then? If you have a project idea or want to create something for all of the different types, what does that look like in um, bringing it to life? Yes. So I think like as a projector, like you don't need an invitation if it doesn't really involve other people. So like if you want to study new modality or like move to a new city or move to a new apartment, you don't need an invitation to do so. But like if you're going to like start a new project with someone, if you're going to move in with somebody, if you're going to start a relationship, that's where you really want to feel like invited in and recognized. Mm -hmm. So I think for a projector, like sometimes the invitation isn't formal. Like sometimes it's like energetic. So I think it would be like really just asking yourself, like, do I feel like invited in and kind of recognized in this particular area where I want to start things. I also think it's about kind of sharing about it in a super authentic way and making yourself available for invitations. Like that's always been my go-to is more like, rather than like, I'm going to go start this thing. I'm like, I'm just going to like start introducing it. And like, again, not like, I'm going to try to sell you on this thing, but like, I'm thinking about this thing. I'm excited about this thing. and just kind of putting it out there. And like, often by doing that, the invitations come. And like, I will say that like my career is very much guided by just like me, like doing what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, like a lot of people show up inviting me to do a certain thing. And I'm like, oh, this is like a new direction for me, you know, and this feels good. So I would kind of encourage you to put yourself out there, but like just kind of make yourself available for it. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. How does that feel with the projects that you're? It feels good. I mean, I think for me, like what I've what I've been noticing is that I've had like a little bit of my sales hat on for the past couple of weeks or maybe months, Um, and what I've really been feeling into. And it's so funny because it's been like the guidance that I've been giving to my mentees that I work with um, is to put the teacher's hat back on and to get into that energy and that embodiment of teaching and sharing. And so it's so funny because of course, what I channel out for my 
one-on-one clients is like the advice that I need most as well. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Always, every time. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And I think by just doing that and kind of embodying it, I feel like the opportunities like will emerge yeah. and the invitations will really emerge. Yeah. At least that's what's happened like in building this for me. Yeah. And then I think in terms of generators and manifesting generators, like I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around like, because like they're here to wait for things to come to them, they can't start their own idea. Right. And I think the idea is not that you can't start your own thing. It's that you kind of need stimulation from outside to kind of trigger gut response in you and let you know if you actually have the energy for it. Mm. So again, like share about the thing, you know, maybe start working on the thing if you're excited, but like, don't like really commit to the thing until you have a clear gut response. Yeah. You know, and even have somebody ask you like, do you have the energy for this thing? Yes. Yeah. You know, like just something where you can like connect to that gut response. Be like, this is the time for it. Do you work with people? I mean, just thinking about like the people that I worked with in the corporate space that literally cannot even totally pinpoint that gut response. Yes. What is the unraveling then? I think that like, you know, one very just like specific or tool that I encourage, and I know it can be a little bit hard if they're totally disconnected. One is just like connecting to their body more, you know, whether it's like doing yoga or moving their body. But again, it's really whenever anything is presented to them to just like think about how it feels on their body. Mm -hmm. Like, is their body expanding to to it or kind of contracting away? Like, is there an excited buzz in their stomach or do they feel kind of uncomfortable? And so often there's like a little bit of a sense, you know, and even if they've been ignoring it, they can kind of like start to unwrap it. And again, that is where it's super helpful to have people ask you very specific questions. Yeah. And just like, do you prefer this or this? Like, do you want to go out for dinner or eat at home? Do you want salmon or Italian? Just like things where you're like, yes, no, yes, no. You know what I mean? Things that just kind of bypass the mind. So I kind of encourage people to like start having the people around them ask them those kind of questions. Mm. But also like if they go into a restaurant, like looking at the menu and be like, what do I feel the most open towards, you know? Or like if I ask the server to repeat the menu back to me, like what triggers a response in me? Mm. So kind of just start paying attention. Maybe it won't always be like an immediate gut thing, but maybe like there'll be a little bit of an opening towards it. Okay. I like that. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So starting things for them as I wait for that clear gut response, but not like hesitate from like sharing about it and making themselves kind of open to it, but not pursuing it until the gut response is there. For manifestors, like they can just start the thing, you know? So I think that like they need to, every type in human design, you might've discussed this before, they, everyone has a different way of making decisions and it can be around your emotions, around your gut, your intuition, which is yours, um, your kind of willpower, how you communicate about things, all the things. So for manifestors, it's really kind of like leaning on their decision-making authority to know mm-hmm. like, is this the right thing? And once they get the clarity, it's the right thing. It's like, then they have the permission to make the thing happen. But before they make the thing happen, it's really about thinking about all the people that thing is going to impact and make sure they let them know. Mm, So their strategy is all about informing because that will allow them to manifest with a lot more ease. Interesting. And in terms of reflectors, so unique again, for them, it's all about being in the right environment. So they're designed to have a very fluid identity and kind of the most important thing they can do to make sure they're headed in the right direction is to just be in environments that feel good, Mm. which like extends to the right city, the right home, you know, the right apartment, like the right office. And so just like honoring that is just going to like empower them to really be on their path. You know, I had a reflector client for years who like was in an office that just didn't feel good, you know, and her life stagnated, you know? And when she finally like made the decision to leave and like start her own consulting practice, like it's just like accelerated in all the ways because yeah. she's just been like, oh, I'm just going to choose being places that feel good. And by doing that, she just makes herself available to like the right opportunities, the right people, all of that. Is there an environment that is like best for a reflector? Is it different for every single person? Like, different I everyone. imagine that a reflector would probably like a more 
serene, peaceful environment than like a big city. A big city. I mean, I have a lot of reflector clients in New York. Yeah. So like people love it there, but I think that it's a great question because I think the work for them is like they need the balance. Like yeah. they cannot be in that level of stimulation and busyness all the time, but they can really thrive in it if they can move around and kind mm-hmm. of be just like explore it and then like really take time alone, whether it's like at their house or whether it's in nature to kind of disconnect from everyone else's energy. Yeah. So they just need that combination. Yeah. Interesting. So you mentioned intuition and said that that was my decision-making center. Does the intuition look different for every different type? Because, you know, when I've talked to intuitives or channels, they say, you know, intuition can be uh, clairvoyance or it can be clairsentience. And so does it look Mm -hmm. different for each different type? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think for you, it's like, I mean, you've got like a lot of visual stuff in your design, but I don't think I can tell you like, you know, you're yeah. clairvoyant, but I think that how intuition shows up in human design, and I'll also say it's different than the gut response. You know, I don't know if you feel like you have a gut response, but according to your human design, like you don't have a very strong gut response. Yeah. It's more about your intuition yeah. and how intuition shows up is it's just like, it's like a feeling. It's like mm-hmm. a resonance with something. It's like a voice that you hear or maybe something that you see. Yeah. And the thing is it like comes and then it disappears. So I think that like all the like clairvoyance, you know, clairsentience, all those things are going to fall within intuition. So yeah. I think that it's going to show up differently for every person, but like the challenge and wonder of this of this decision-making authority is that it's the quietest of them all. Mm-hmm. So like the most important thing for you to do is like get quiet enough, which is probably why going to Big Sur felt so good. Yeah. And the daily qui- meditation too. Exactly. Getting quiet enough so you can actually hear it. Because mm-hmm. like, again, it's like not a thing that like comes back and keeps repeating itself. It's yeah. there and then it's not. So like, you've got to kind of catch it and then like act when you hear it. Yeah. And so you actually, according to your design, have the ability to kind of actually be very spontaneous. Like as soon as you have that intuitive hit, it's like, okay, I'm going to go here and do this thing, you know, but like not until that thing comes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. What is your decision making? Mine is emotional, which is like a whole process. And it basically (laughs) means, and I have the same, I have a very strong intuition in my design and I feel that in my life. But I think in terms of how I make big decisions, I'm not designed to jump into things spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you actually have the capacity to do yeah, it. So I it's really, yeah, yeah. And like, I've tried, you know, and then the next day I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? And so the idea is that I'm kind of always riding this emotional wave of like highs and lows and mm-hmm. highs and lows. And the most important thing is to not make decisions on the higher, the low of an emotional wave. Interesting. Okay. But basically like give myself some space and time to be like, okay, am I still excited about this thing two days later, three days later? Yeah. Because it changes. Like I'll be so excited. And then I wake up the next day and I'm like, why did I commit to that? Yeah. You know? And so like, I just like kind of need to be in a place of like emotional calm and like clear, just like groundedness for me to actually make a decision. Interesting. So having, um, you know, the success that you've had with your human design business and um, leadership coaching, being able to leverage all of this press, meeting awesome, amazing people speaking at events and getting yourself in this energy. I imagine that you get into this high emotional state. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like to bring yourself down then to be able to make these decision processes? Oh my God. Well, I crash. That's for sure. I get like so buzzy. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but when we did the Almost 30 podcast, it was like with 200 people live. And like, I was like, just so I could not sleep that night. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I think that generally, like, I just know now that it operates in a wave. So like, I get super high and super buzzy. And like, my boyfriend always laughs when I get to that state. But I think that like, I know that is not the time for me to like, keep working and Mm -hmm. pushing, but Mm -hmm. it's the time to just like, be with myself. Be in it. Yeah. And I think that like I especially because I like love what I'm doing, I feel like I have all the energy in the world. But yeah. like I just like that's why I really have to set clear boundaries for myself because like then I just won't stop. I'm like, I want to do this and this and yeah. this. So I think just knowing my design is like when I'm I enjoy the high for sure, but I know it's not sustainable. Like just my body can't even handle it. Yeah. I get like so 
buzzy and excited. So I think that like, I've just know now that like, it's the time to like go get a massage or lay down or like rest and just kind of like disconnect from other people's energy and kind of come back to that place of like stillness and calm. Yeah. Because I just like, it doesn't feel good. I know what it feels like to make decisions from that place now. It's just like, I can't make commitments from that place. Right. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So for somebody who, I mean, regardless of their type, um, is in a position where they either have a desk job and, um, or are pivoting out of their desk job, but still have a lot of commitments. Are there different things that they can do on a daily basis to be more in their type or to like really just leverage their energy? Totally. So, you know, I think that like as a projector, and again, there are so many different types of projectors. So we're generalizing a bit here, but our energy is really inconsistent. I don't know if you feel that, but like, it's really like, you know, (laughs) it's just like, it's there and then it's not, you know? And so I think like, even if you have a job where you have to be there from nine to five, I would encourage yourself to kind of leverage the like spurts of energy as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So that might be like, not everyone has a place where they can sneak off a nap, you know, but like maybe just like going for a walk, like taking a moment and like talking to somebody, having a coffee break or a tea break, like just moments where you're not sitting at, like, I think that like I've historically been like, I got to just like work all day. Yeah. And so just giving yourself like space to kind of rest in between and knowing that's how your energy operates best can be super helpful. I would also encourage you to kind of just like cultivate whatever modalities you feel drawn to on the side. I think that as projectors, like our gift is in really understanding and guiding people. And so often we're drawn to modalities that just help us in understanding people, you know? Yeah. So if you're drawn to anything, I would just pursue it and explore it. And I would also encourage you spending time alone, which can be super uncomfortable for some people to kind of just like come back to your own energy and see what feels right. Yeah. I think for generators, like they become the most magnetic. This is true for manifesting generators too, when they're actually using their energy in a way that feels good. So say they're in a nine to five job or whatever hour it is, that just like is really depleting. Like it's finding some things in the morning, at night, on the weekends that just feel like really good, satisfying uses of their energy. Because like the more they do that, the more attractive they become. And you can imagine that it's like actually very hard to attract aligned opportunities when they're actually using their energy in a way that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good. So I would just be like, at least like on the weekends, something, it could be going to yoga. It could be like spending time with a certain friend, but it's really just reflecting on like, okay, at the end of each day, like what were the things that like lit me up the most? What were the things that were the most draining? How can I find more energy into the things that are really lighting me up? I love that. I think with manifestors, like I, I do find that kind of working in corporate environments can be a little bit hard for them if they don't feel like they have freedom. Like they often thrive in corporate environments if they have like just total freedom. Like this is your domain, go do your thing. Let us know how it goes. I know that's not feasible for some, but I think having just like one creating a container for them at work where they actually like are in control and kind of like lay out things. Like I've definitely had clients before where they're like micromanage every minute and they like last at that job like a month because they can't do it. So I would just try to cultivate an environment where you actually have freedom. But again, I would cultivate also a life on the side where you're like just in your own flow and you're giving yourself permission to kind of just like do your own things and like leverage the spurts of energy when they're there. And if there are ideas that you're interested in bringing to life or even relationships you're interested in initiating, kind of giving yourself permission to really just like, um, just start like playing with that energy on the side and see yeah. how it feels to kind of be the initiator. And one thing I'll say about manifestors also is that like, they're not here to do all the doing. They're not here to do all the building. Like their gift is actually in like lighting the fire and getting the ball rolling. Mm. So kind of just practicing that. And then I think with reflectors, again, like environment's the most important thing for you. So if you aren't in an environment that feels good, if you don't feel recognized, I would just find things, find environments or communities on the outside that you feel super recognized and invited in. And also just like spending time at coffee shops in cities, in parks, in libraries that just feel good. Yeah. And knowing that like you make yourself available for the right opportunities by just planting yourself in the right place. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like, 
for someone who's a reflector that maybe has like a cubicle job to like make their cubicle just as really wonderful as yeah. possible. Like these people like tend to, who was I? I was doing a session for some um, reflector last week and they were so funny. They were like telling me about how when they travel, they literally just like bring a whole bag of just like making sure their hotel room or Airbnb yeah. is like, so their, their vibe, That's you know? So, funny. so I think it's like just putting a lot of attention to it mm-hmm. and just knowing that like your space is really going to inform how you feel. So as much as you can honoring that and like, whatever you're doing. Like even a small example is like, if you're going on a date, you should choose the place. Yeah, Like it's going to be so much easier for the date to go well if it's in a place that actually feels good Mm. to you. What has the response been like in the corporate landscape? I'm so curious because when I was initially starting out in my yoga teaching journey, I had the idea of bringing yoga into corporate spaces because my whole thought process was, oh, well, I needed this these practices most when I was here. So I should be offering this now a little bit further along where I'm like, I want nothing to do with the corporate space now. Um, But so what has that experience been like for you bringing it in the corporate landscape? What has the response been like? How are these leaders really implementing the knowledge and the wisdom that you're sharing with them? Yeah, it's a great question. It's super interesting. Yeah. You know, I think that like a little bit of context. Like when I first started sharing human design, which was in 2016, people weren't ready for it. Not corporate, not literally anyone that I was talking to. And I was just like, oh my God, like when are people going to be ready for this? I know that it can be like really transformational for people. So I think that like we're in a place right now where I think it like happened probably a year and a half ago that people like, it just started blowing up. People Mm -hmm. were really ready for it. And like, I think the company level right now is like, they're not totally ready for it. And so like, I think for me, I'm just like planting the seeds and know that like in two years, they really will be. Um, But I think that the companies I work with now, like, I mean, I honestly just had a a huge company reach out to me today that like, they're about to lay off 80% of their team. And we're like, we need someone to kind of like inspire our like C-suite. I was like, human designer for that amazing, you know? But I just think that like, I think the response has been great. I think that like, but it's also all about how I message it. And I think in general, like you, I just learned that like, I really don't want to message it in a way that alienates people at all. And so like, I go in there and I'm like, this is not a belief system, not trying to convince you of anything, kind of like not putting people on the defensive and just like, this gives us a common language and framework to understand how we operate and like take the things that resonate, leave the rest. And I think that like my experience is that it resonates on like such a cellular level that like, you know, I just did a not really a partnership, but like kind of a founding team session last week for like a hedge fund, you know, wow. these like three dudes. Yeah. And like, I'm, I get nervous still. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like coming in here with this woo woo system. And I sit there and they get it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like speaking their language. I'm right. not talking about this. Yeah. Well, it's identifying parts that they already knew 100%. were inside of them. It's validation. Exactly. And I think that like, that is the magic of human design. Even though it still makes me nervous. It's just like, and that's a good thing is that like, I think the language of human design is so grounded and can be so practical that it actually really resonates with those people. Yeah. And so I think that like my work is just languaging it in a way that they can really hear because like that is what actually got me into it because like it's so fun for me to work with people like you and people that are like into this stuff because they just get it like in a minute. But I think those other environments, like it can be a little bit tougher, but I also just know that it's actually so impactful for those people. Yeah. I remember I was in Mykonos over the summer doing workshops at this hotel and like a woman bought a session for a friend who like also he's like a banker in Luxembourg and he sat down he's like what is this and why am I here you know and it was just like so fun to talk to him because he was just like again he's like oh my god yeah oh yeah oh my god yeah he's like I don't forget to my team like he was just so 
sweet because like, it just was like, he was like, you're naming things that I haven't had a language for, mm. you know? And like, I actually, it resonates that I just like, I actually don't care where it comes from. So I just think we're reaching a point where people actually don't care as much yeah. where it comes from as long as it resonates and is helpful, Yeah, you know? What are the changes that you implement or kind of start to get them thinking about when looking at it on that kind of like level, like with the hedge fund guys, like what are walking away from that? Are they making changes? Is it just more information? I'm so curious about like, totally. And it depends on the context, you know, like for that, they wanted like one deep dive session, but then they work with teams in an ongoing way where then it becomes kind of like, you're making changes and you're using it and hiring and how to kind of engineer teams. So I cool. think it was just so, That's so cool. Fun. Um, but I think in this case, like, I think that it was really just like helping them understand how they could best leverage each other. Mm. And like they were, you know, one was a manifesting generator, two were generators. They were all like so similar, but different. And so like, you know, just simple changes of like, oh, we can actually really trust our gut. We're like highly rational men and we're often making a lot of our decisions from our mind, but like we can actually leverage just knowing that we know is there, you know, but like, and also their case, like one person worked best independently. Another one like needed to be in and out of the environment. One needed like collaboration. So like, it was just kind of having these like very tactical things of like what each person needed to thrive yeah, and like what kind of questions they needed to be asked to kind of really access their truth. Yeah. So it was just like tools of like, how can you best leverage the people there? And like, I gave the example earlier of like helping open the assemblage. Like when I hired that team, it was like, I think I had nine people and I had, I had one generator, like no generators, but I had like all these manifestors and projectors. And I just like actually managed them all incredibly differently Yeah, because like, I just knew one thing would not work for the other. Mm. And so, and I also, when we hired people, I knew who wouldn't last and who would, you know? So there's actually just such practical ways of just being more strategic about like how to actually build teams that are fully functional and like leverage the people that are actually there. That's so cool. So I mean, I just think that it's, amazing to think about like how we can really integrate these practices in to create a little bit more function within these more traditional settings, you know, because I think that as beautiful as the rise in entrepreneurship is, and I'm not going to tell anyone to like not pursue their dreams, but the reality of it is no, not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. And so if you can instead really thrive in the environment that you're in at work and be doing something that you love and be a part of a team that functions together in a way that is supportive of each and every person and each and every person's personality, that like, I think that that would remove a lot of the dis-ease that a lot of people feel in their corporate space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. But no, that's the magic is that it's just like, and and we need each other. If like, I've learned anything through human design, it's that like, we can't do it alone. Yeah. You know, but like, we also all have really different roles, you know? And I think also like, especially when you think of generators or manifesting generators, like somebody will be really lit up by the thing that you probably don't want to do. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it's like trusting that, like I have a very quick anecdote, but I, we, my partner and I went to Morocco and we like came back and had all these rugs that had to be cleaned. And like, we found this guy to clean them and he came over and he had rug life tattooed on his hands. And he's like, I've been cleaning rugs for the past 20 years. And like, I am just like here to make these rugs amazing. And it was just like, Fucking love it was so amazing. <laughs> but like just seeing someone and like, I'm actually like, my boyfriend told me this story. I didn't actually meet him, but I'm just like, now I want to because like, oh, yeah. just like giving your like things to somebody that was so on fire about doing it was just like, it just felt so good. Yeah. And I think it was just such a reminder for me that like, what's going to light someone up is going to not light another person up. Yeah. And so it's just like honoring that. And, and so, yeah, 
<laughs> I love that. Red it's life. so good. That's amazing. That's Literally awesome. tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me about your one-on-one work. When you yes. are you still doing one-on-one work and mm-hmm. actively? I you know you get booked up really quickly. Yes. So um two main offerings right now outside of the team stuff, but I think that like the most successful one is the blueprint, which is basically kind of a 30 page PDF on people's designs. Wow. And that's like an amazing place to get started. Yeah. Just kind of kind of lays out everything you need to know and we can give a discount to your audience too. Okay, awesome. And then I do one-on-one work. It does get booked up, you know, but I think that it's, if you want to dive deeper and kind of talk through how it is, a, how you can kind of really apply it in your life and kind of apply it to certain challenges you're facing, it's a good place to get started. Yeah. Do you think people come with you with like a lot of questions on like, this is what I'm going through in my life. Like, can I have some guidance on how I should best approach it? Or is it more of general? Um, No, I think that I always ask for those specifics because I just think that like, I don't think people need more information right now. Yeah, I think they like need tools to actually integrate it. So I think often, you know, we begin the session by being like, where is there the most resistance? Like Mm. where are things not flowing? And like, how can we use the human design to kind of help you move through those areas? Because like often where we're experiencing the most resistance is like where we're not aligning with our design. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I think that like, I've definitely done sessions in the past where I've just like downloaded people a tons of a lot of information, but like then it's kind of just like a lot, you know? So I think that I try to give people what they need to integrate and like they can always come back for more or find more on their own. But I think that it's definitely the intention is not to overwhelm. Yeah. Or even teach it. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Well, and I think also for someone listening who wanted to do the blueprint, you can sit down in the same way and be like, what where am I feeling resistance? What's out of alignment right now? Let me take the time to like read through this and really get familiar with it to have a little bit more clarity exactly, and then turn inward and allow my own internal compass to show me the way. Exactly. I love that. There's a, I'm going to a session after this with a client that I've done a bunch of sessions with, but she's so sweet. She's like, I literally have my blueprint like printed out and I just carry it in my purse. And she's like, whenever I get like triggered, I literally just like open it up. I'm like, okay, where's this coming from? You know what I mean? And I- Page 37. Page 37. (laughs) Ah, this shadow. But I just like love the example because like, again, even with my former business partner, like whenever friction would come up, we could look at our designs and be like, Mm. "Mm, this is where it's coming from. And there's just like, again, something about having the language of those energetics to be like, okay, I know what's going on. Like, and I also know how to like move through it. Mm, I love that so much. Well, Erin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so grateful. We have totally nerded out on human design and I'm so so stoked. I feel so much clearer on myself and also just human design in general. I love that we were able to dive a little bit deeper today and go into all the specifics. So thank you. Of course. Such a pleasure. Thank Um, you. For those that are listening that want to follow along with you, can you just share where we can find you? Yes. Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So Erin Claire Jones on Instagram and then also my website. Awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes too. Thank you. Thank you. 